0: Good evening, my name is Mike Murley and welcome to WPKN's Mike Check, coming to you on WPKN every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. I host every third and fifth Sunday of this program and I want to say welcome right now to everyone listening at 89.5 FM on your radio dial, as well as to everyone streaming live or tuning in to our podcast at wpkn.org. Each week on Mike Check, one of our hosts examines global, national and regional issues and their effect on our local community. Just as the phrase mic check was used to mobilize people to create a human microphone during the Occupy movement and others, this weekly program seeks to amplify our community's many voices and bring them to the airwaves. Mic check is followed on WPKN at 6 p.m. by another public affairs program, the Ralph Nader Radio Hour. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I'm very excited and very honored tonight to be joined by Ameya Krishnan. Amea grew up in New Haven and is currently based in Hamden, Connecticut. Professionally, Amea is a nurse practitioner in child psychiatry, and for the Art of Living Foundation, she has been a meditation instructor for eight years and a volunteer for 15 years. Through the Art of Living Foundation, Amea is involved with the upcoming World Culture Festival, which will be taking place from September 29th through October 1st at the National Mall in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Mike Check, Thank you, Mike. It's a
1: pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you so much for, for joining me tonight and for having this conversation with me. I'm really excited to, to get to learn more especially about the World Culture Festival and some of the other work you're involved with as well. But I thought, you know, to start off, I was wondering, you know, since this show is about amplifying local community voices and stories, I was wondering if you could share what community means to you. Sure. So
1: community to me is a feeling of belonging and sharing a mission. So thinking about mission as a commitment to helping the world around us in some way, for example, working towards creating more peace and more freedom.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. And I was wondering if, if you could also talk a little bit about your personal journey, and how you first got involved in community work in different ways.
1: Yeah, so when I think about um, community work, I think about work that promotes diversity, equity, and inclusion, and work that also promotes freedom and belonging, like I said. And I think these, these concepts have gotten a bit intellectualized, and, and so I was Always been interested in thinking about how we can really meaningfully and sustainably express these principles in what we do, and I think community work and activism is such an is such a powerful place to express those principles and to actually act them out. Um, and so, I also think there's a good amount of burnout that happens for folks who are engaged in social change work and activism, and so. I think was really looking to find my footing in terms of how to do community work, but also feel nourished and feel that it was sustainable. And, and that's really what brought me to thinking about it from the, the perspective of personal well-being and inner peace as a pathway to then being more skillful and effective out in the world and, and doing that activism work.
0: At what age would you say you first came? began to think more deeply about community and, or even maybe at what age did you?
1: Yeah, or sort of what was the catalyst for that? Um, For me, it was in college. I think that really sort of became consolidated and and solidified for me as something that was important as sort of an anchoring sort of principle in my life, this idea of uh, wanting to do be engaged in work in some capacity, whether it was as a volunteer or as an intern or as somebody working um, in work that was socially and politically meaningful. And um, I think one of the big catalysts for me in terms of sort of a global event was 9-11 and sort of all the sort of ripple effects of that 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 had around how people were in community, um, sort of the rise of xenophobia that 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 brought about, uh, particularly towards the Muslim community, but I think that 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 can be generalized to all other communities that hold targeted identities. Um, And so I got really interested in how to be in community with folks that held different identities from me that were experiencing those identities as being targeted or marginalized, Um, and then how to sort of be an ally in an effective way, Um, but also really recognizing that there's a lot of pain and trauma that that all of us kind of collectively experience when big political and social upheaval ha- happens. Um, so college was was really the time that I got very engaged in that and interested in it, and was also the time when I got connected to the Art of Living Foundation.
0: Thank you so much for, for breaking that down and and you know tracing that that origin or that lineage um, in terms of thinking about community and th- and thinking about your place in the world began to shift. And so you just mentioned the Art of Living Foundation. And so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more now about the history and the mission specifically of the Art of Living Foundation, what it is, what it's all about.
1: Yes, absolutely. And and I can sort of tie that into how I got connected um, so the Art of Living Foundation is a humanitarian, nonprofit organization. It has a presence all over the world, uh, more than 180 countries, and many millions of people have been engaged with the foundation in different ways. It was founded 42 years ago by Gurudev Sri Sri Ravi Shankar with the mission to create a stress-free, violence-free society. and. Um, that this really could be achieved by increasing peace in communities, by first increasing peace within individuals. So, and really increasing peace also through increasing belonging. Um, so one way to experience peace is, is through breathing practices and meditation. And um, the flagship program that's offered by the foundation is the Sky Breath Meditation Workshop. And this breathing practice this breathing and meditation practice is developed by Gurudev to give people a direct sort of tangible experience of peace that they might then feel inspired to share with others in different ways. Um, and what's really remarkable about the sky breath meditation is that it, over the years, it, has, it really has reached a vast um sort of array of that and diverse array of people um, in sort of spaces ranging from school system to prison to recovery programs um, to combat veterans who are struggling with PTSD. Um, And then there's also this humanitarian component to the work of doing sort of disaster relief or responding to places that are experiencing war um, and sort of having people Get sort of material support around crises that they may be going through, but also learning these practices um, that can sort of shore up those internal resources to for healing and for recovery. And so I I learned the sky breath meditation program in right after college, and and right as that what I sort of shared in terms of my trajectory of getting really interested in how to be a meaningful sort of agent for social change and to do that in a way that would feel sustainable, um, like maintaining my own resiliency.
0: So the the Art of Living Foundation, I know that one component, if you will, or one uh, one element is the World Culture Festival, which will be coming up September 29th through October 1st at the National Mall in Washington, D.C., and so I was yes. wa- I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the World Culture Festival and its its origin story and um, and and you know what folks can expect that weekend.
1: So the World Culture Festival was really sort of cognized by Gurudev, who is a global peace ambassador and wellness expert and and an international humanitarian leader himself um, as a way to, sort of really bring these principles of diversity, equity, inclusion, creating a stress-free, violence-free society to, um, in a very literal way, a, a global stage. And so what people will experience um, if they attend or, or choose to watch online is um, performances from over 17,000 performers from all over the world, um, sort of showcasing music and art and also, scholarship and other forms of creativity and and sort of generativity that really demonstrate this broader commitment to being a one-world family, being committed to sort of the core human values of love, compassion, friendliness, um, and really bringing this forward at a time when our society is incredibly polarized and struggling with really marked mental health crises, particularly in the aftermath of, of the COVID pandemic. And so, thinking about the timing of, it, of that as well, being intentional about that. This is the fourth WCF, so the first, but the first one that's being held in the United States. Um, previous iterations have been held in Asia and in Europe, and have had um, millions of people attend in person, and then um, probably close to a billion sort of joining via live live stream online. But the ultimate goal of this three-day event on the national mall is to create an environment of peace of nonviolence and to celebrate all cultures and come together with this core idea of being a one world family.
0: That definitely sounds really inspiring and really, really incredible when you think about the sheer number of, like you said, 17,000 performers from all over the world and just this massive number of people all coming together with with that same that same goal in mind or with you know with that same for that same purpose you know and so thinking about diversity and unity uh you know and and a celebration of diversity i think that that's a really beautiful thing and it's always a really beautiful thing and and so this event seems like such a really powerful gathering and a powerful coming together of, of people from all over the world. And so it's something that I just found out about for the first time very recently. And, uh, so I'm, I'm really happy to, to learn more about it. And so, I'm, um, you know, thank you for everything that you just shared and you had said that this is the fourth one. Could you say again, one more time where the previous iterations of the festival took place? Yeah. So,
1: um, so two, two previous iterations were held in india and one was held in berlin germany and with with each one i you know it was sort of a similar idea bringing people together from all over the world including dignitaries and world leaders and heads of state and then sort of the capstone event was a a global meditation as part of that world culture festival and so I think what people have remarked on over the years who have been present for it was to be in meditation with millions of people in just pin drop silence and complete peace um, was incredibly powerful and life changing and something that you couldn't even imagine was possible until you have sort of lived it. And so people will have an opportunity to experience that at this World Culture Festival. So leading up to this current upcoming WCF uh, World Culture Festival, there will be a series of America Meditates events that the Art of Living Foundation is hosting. And they're sort of pre- like specific to the area surrounding DC, but then there'll be opportunities to join them for people in Connecticut and other places too online. Um, but it'll, it'll culminate in this million person or million person plus uh, meditation on the mall during the festival and, and experiencing that deep inner peace as a collective. So all together, all from different, different places, different lived experience, um, different philosophies, ideologies, but really experiencing peace and unity through meditation.
0: I think that is really incredible. Again, the, the sheer number of people coming together from different walks of life, from different parts of the world. It sounds like a, a giant version of an interfaith gathering. We have in, s- small interfaith gatherings here in Connecticut and, uh, and different, different cultural events that take place, different fairs and festivals and, and events. But, you know, this is like a, a really big version of that. And I think that that's, that's really inspiring to think about Yeah, Beca- because I think sometimes that is something that really gets lost when you know, when we're in our, Our bubbles or our own um like if you know when we kind of are in our own separate communities whatever those communities might be can be very easy to to end up you know only or primarily spending time with and and being around uh folks from from that within that same community but it's so powerful to to learn about other people like if i wasn't in if i you know if i if i wouldn't take advantage of different opportunities different programs different you know, internships and fellowships and things of that nature. I, you know, and if I didn't even, you know, I don't know if I didn't kind of, uh, take those, those steps and take those opportunities to just be around other people, then I, my life would be very, very different right now. And, and it's been changed for the better by, by learning about other, other religions, other cultures, and and just being, you know, meeting folks from different different walks of life like that. And so this this sounds like the, sounds like maybe the biggest version of that that I've ever heard of, <laughs> of, you know, holding space for that to happen.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's such a nice way to, to sort of summarize or capture it. It's really taking the idea of bringing people together um, onto a very vast, Scale and sort of taking these these concepts like diversity, equity, and inclusion, and saying how do we really like express that in a really big, really inclusive way, um, and celebrate like really celebrate those principles and um, sort of give people a space to be sort of immersed in that. Um, and just as like some of the kind of highlights that people might look forward to, because I think there really will be something for everyone in terms of what sort of your creative kind of milieu is of what you're interested in or drawn to. There will be reggae performances, um, a gospel choir with a thousand singers, um, a guitar medley with a thousand guitarists. And um, we are still recruiting volunteer guitarists. So if there's anyone listening who's interested in that, um, they can share um, how to connect with that. There will be uh, Ukrainian folk dance, Israeli folk dance, um, and then 200 hip-hop dancers who are going to be led by Curtis flow and Naughty by Nature. But So this is just a tiny drop in the bucket um, of what of what will be presented. Um, former U.N. Secretary General Ban Ki-moon is the is the leader of the reception committee. So he'll speak and definitely Gurudev will speak and will lead that very, very powerful collective meditation experience.
0: Thank you so much for, for sharing all of that and giving some of those highlights for our listeners to, to be thinking about and to look out for. And, and spe- speaking of naughty by nature really quick, there's actually a, f- uh, you know, cause of course this year is the 50th anniversary of hip hop. And so there's been yes. big events happening all over the country and certainly in New York, and there's been some in Connecticut yesterday, there was a big one in Waterbury. Right now, as we speak, just like a few blocks away from this radio station, is a, a big event on McLeavy Green here in Bridgeport, in downtown Bridgeport, which will be going until 7 p.m. A uh, big event celebrating 50th anniversary of hip-hop, and there's actually some of Br- Bridgeport and Stratford's own legends, you know, or, or, or pioneers, you know, when it comes to hip-hop, like the Skinny Boys and Three the Hard Way that are performing. So I want to make sure that you give out the contact info for how folks can learn more and connect specifically learn more about the world culture festival.
1: Yeah.
0: And, but, um, but b- before that, I was wondering if you could talk about your, your favorite aspect, what would you say is your favorite aspect? If you could, if you could just, or if you have to pick one, if you had to just pick one favorite aspect yeah. of the world culture festival, what would you say?
1: I would say my favorite aspect, or one of my favorite aspects, and I think something that makes it really unique, is that the the festival model sort of moves, is mo- moves away from the concept of having headliners, which I think a lot of festivals, and especially music festivals do, um, but really embraces the idea that everybody on stage is a star. And so everyone performing is sort of given the same uh, sort of presence and audience and Space, like takes up the same amount of space as the next person. So whether it's five people for a particular performance or 5,000 people, there's this idea that each person is there equally important, their presence.
0: That's awesome. I, I, I really like that. And so, Amea, shifting gears just a little bit now, uh, we have we have a few minutes left, and so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about some really inspiring work that you're doing right here in Connecticut within the recovery community and specifically um, incorporating some of those some of the practices that you described earlier Um, and and when it comes to sky recovery specifically I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that work here in in Connecticut um, that that you've been doing
1: Yes, thank you. Um, thanks for, sh- for bringing that up. Um, so, I am, uh, as a nurse practitioner and wor- someone working in the field of psychiatry, have a special interest in supporting folks who are in recovery, various forms of recovery, but recovery from, it in the substance use context in particular. And one of the programs within the Art of Living Foundation is the Sky Recovery Program, and is really based in the idea of bringing this powerful breathwork and meditation practice into substance use treatment spaces um, so that you're thinking about recovery and treatment um, in a more holistic or integrative way so that people are, are given more support, um, are sort of shored up uh, in a more robust way to sort of get where, wherever it is they want to go, whatever recovery might mean for them. And so I've been engaged in doing some research around it and just sort of compiling kind of an evidence like synthesis of what does the literature sort of tell us about this breathwork practice. Sky Meditation in and of itself has over 100 peer-reviewed studies sort of supporting it, sort of incorporation into working with things like anxiety, depression, and trauma. Um, So now Sky Recovery is really looking at how do we support people who are in recovery from substance use. And so within sort of more locally, what I'm doing is sort of talking to folks who are in that in that sphere. So folks who are sort of leaders in recovery research or folks who are like clinicians and practitioners and people with lived experience. Um, so people who are in recovery and sort of just kind of gauging um, what are ways that we can really build this into what we're offering um, in, the com- in the community, sort of from like a harm reduction framework of, of thinking about maybe pure abstinence doesn't work for everybody, but these other sort of supportive factors can be put in place so that people are stronger, more resilient in other ways, in other ways that might be different from just an abstinence-based model or a treatment or medical model.
0: That is really amazing and, and really awesome work that you're doing and very, very, very important. And um, so thank you for, for sharing that. Thank you for doing that work. And I also wanted to, I wanted to know how can our listeners learn more first about the work that you just mentioned in terms of that local work here in Connecticut. How can folks connect with you, learn more about that work, as well as how can folks learn more about the World Culture Festival coming up uh, once again September 29th through October 1st at the National Mall in Washington, D.C., um, and the Art of Living Foundation itself?
1: Yeah. Um, So for the World Culture Festival, um, folks can go to wcs.artofliving.org. And that website will direct you to, it'll give you a really nice overview of the event, but also a way to um, reserve your passes. And those are free passes to attend in person, or if you reserve the pass, you can, you'll get emailed a link to watch it online if, you're, if you can't travel to DC. Um, and then you can actually from that website, you can sort of navigate to all the other pieces of learning more about the Art of Living Foundation and the humanitarian work and the sky breath meditation. Um, courses there will be ways to sort of navigate to those other sections Um, if anybody plays the guitar and it can be at the most beginner level everybody's welcome Um, www.wcfguitar.org is for the guitar ensemble um, and they would love to have more folks and it would love to have Connecticut represented there and um for Sky Recovery, I would say probably the best thing would be for folks in Connecticut to reach out to me, and I would love to connect with folks who are working in recovery, have lived experience with recovery, um, and and could just think together about ways to, to support that work. So my email address is amea.krishnan at artofliving.org. So please do feel free to email me if you're interested in the WCF uh, Art of Living Foundation and particularly the Sky Recovery Program and and sort of supporting that program in Connecticut.
0: Awesome. And so once again, real quick, that's A-M-E-Y-A dot K-R-I-S-H-N-A-N at artofliving.org.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: And, and so... Amaya, I just I, I would definitely want you to have the the last word tonight on the show before we go off the air. And but real quick, I just wanted to say it's almost six p.m. It's about five fifty eight and thirty eight seconds. And uh, at six p.m., the Native Radio Hour will begin automatically, right here in WPKN. And so I just wanted to say thank you so much, Amaya, for joining me on tonight's episode of Mike Check and for all the important work that you're doing. This has been Mike Check, and my name is Mike Murley, and I hope that everyone will tune in again next Sunday at 5.30 p.m. for another episode. Coming up at 6, like I said, is is the Ralph Nader Radio Hour, right here in WPKN 89.5 FM in Bridgeport, and that will be followed by a fill-in for Cool Blues and Rare Records, which is normally hosted by Al Bell, and so I hope everyone stays tuned for that. And we have just like 40 seconds, so Maya, what is the last thought that you'd like to share with our listeners tonight?
1: Uh, Thank you to all the listeners. And you are very cordially invited to the World Culture Festival. We will welcome you with open arms and do hope that you can attend. Thank you so much.